The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. One of my favorite guests, one of the, my favorite people on our station, and I've never actually face-to-face met him, but uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky is, of course, the Dr. guy Dr. Drew Pinsky. Drew Pinsky is the guy who emailed me with one word. Drew Pinsky is what we're going to call him. Dr. Drew, are you there? I'm here, guys. How are you? How you doing, man? Excellent. Good to have you back once again, sir. Thank you so much. No problem. And uh, people don't know that your name isn't Drupinski. This guy didn't put a space in between Drew and Pinsky. Thank so you. Thank you. Very cool. You got <laughs> you are on Loveline every night here at KUPD and uh, and uh, always doing such. A, how long has Loveline been on again? Been on over twenty five years, but oh, KUPD Lord. probably hasn't been at least. Twelve or so, right? Oh, yeah, at least, yeah. I would say, yeah, we've had that thing for quite a yeah, while. Yeah, we so, appreciate yeah. it. Believe me, and I've, I've actually been to the studio and broadcast from out of there before. It's nice, really. Yeah. The old one. Oh, way back oh, in the yeah. day. Well, then it wasn't nice. You don't have to lie. Well, it was, was pretty a... nice. It had all the tile, like sort of Spanish tile floors and stuff. It wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Been Talking about the bathroom. They must not have shown you the whole place. <laughs> 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 listen, yeah, it's yeah. a radio studio, guys. Come on. That's uh, true. It's true. You make a good point. But still, even for that, it's not that great. Anyway, that's about us. We're talking about you. You've got uh, 320 shows. You're going for the record. And now a book. Yeah, the book. We, yeah. So we did a book uh, based on, believe it or not, the Loveline uh, guest. Because uh, having been through so many guests over the years on Loveline and treated a bunch of celebrities, it was clear to me that there was just tons of pathology, psychologically and psychiatrically. And there was this prevailing wisdom that uh, people who became celebrities were somehow rendered narcissistic by their celebrity status. And I, uh, No way. Really? And so we did some research. Remember when Crowley used to complain about people filling out the questionnaires on the air? Remember yes. that? Yeah, yeah. Well, this book is the result of that. He still wants to kick, kick my ass because of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he would hate it. And... By the way, you'll notice Kroll is in the book. He's off the scale on the narcissistic spectrum. Right. And what was really <laughs> troubling him about people filling out the questionnaire is that all eyes were not on him. You know That's true. Right. Our attention was not directed to him. God forbid we spent five minutes filling out a questionnaire. It's not okay with him. And in his current situation, he's got to be going nuts that you've written a book on his idea. No, it's not his idea. It's not his idea. <laughs> all right, just <laughs> checking. Just wanted to make sure. But I bet no. you he'd tell you it's his idea. <laughs> But we, we were interested in, you know, why people sit around and talk about celebrities and why we care about this particular population. And, and we were able to show for the first time, it was the first time a research study had ever been done on celebrities. No one ever gets enough of them around, gets their hands on them to be able to do any research. And we did it and showed that there's a lot of pathology there. But how in the world do you do a study on celebrities because they're notorious liars? Well, why don't you guys take the test at the end of the, sh- at the, end of the book, <laughs> you can see it for yourself. Right. Well, it's, it's not easy to lie on. See, that's my problem, uh, Dr. Drew. It's uh, the end of the book. and I is there, Are they going to make a movie or a TV show out of this? You don't have to read all the way through. You can okay. jump to the end. It's okay. Right. So it's not going to spoil it for me? No, it's not going <laughs> to spoil it. find out who the I, killer I, is? I, I know you're not going to read it. Don't worry. It's all, it's well, I'm not, how do you know that? Radio. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You've been in it long enough to know. I have, I have skimmed through it. And my question, you know, is basically it's a tough book to tackle because technically by saying the mirror effect is a... Uh, you know, going for celebrity status and craving fame can be very unhealthy. But then, right. by writing this book, you give them exactly what they want. Um, 
or you celebrity know, rehab. Right. That celebrity rehab is, where, I think, where it's more realistic to put that kind of a, of a criticism. Because, in, in fact, whenever you treat a celebrity and treat them in, as though they are special, you tend to undermine their treatment. So that actually was, and when I look at the liabilities of celebrity rehab, that is the one liability. I mean, the, the, on one hand, we're paying them, we're putting them on TV, and that motivates them to come in, which I'm grateful for. I don't care right. what, I don't care what motivates somebody to come in for treatment as long as they come. But the fact that they're on TV makes it kind of still feel special. It still changes right. it up. But here's the, good. But this, guess what? I mean, the, the work of treatment goes on for many, many months after that, and that is not uncommon. But it's not, not on camera. It's because I'm not. I'm, I'm one of your. I love what you do. So yeah, don't yeah. T- don't take this the wrong way. But sure. I'm just I'm kind of a devil's advocate thing. Sure. A guy like Steven Adler, who is out of the spotlight but desperately craves it, has found through uh, not only celebrity celebrity rehab but the Sober House show that his best way to stay in the public eye is high. I don't think that he would say that. He was pretty ashamed of those relapses. Well, yeah, but he's. But what I'm, I mean is that not a danger with that though? Uh, he, 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 I can understand why you would ask that question, but it's really not been played out that way. In fact, you know, I was worried that those sorts of experiences would make them feel so ashamed that they'd want to go out and use. Oh, but that, that right. really is not right. what we're seeing. What we're seeing is that they they feel ashamed and want to make good, and and being on the show makes them want to be an inspiration to other people. It's really been. I, I would. Who knew? You know, we started yeah. doing it. I was very worried what the outcome could be because we'd just never been done before. But it seems for the patients participating to have been a really positive experience. Well, I mean, Jessica I, Sierra just gave her her one-year cake a couple days ago. It was really, yeah. really exciting. It's been it's a moving. year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, just and, and, on Sunday, I saw Gary Busey at the Comedy Roast. Yeah. And he just he looked healthier. I mean, oh, he did a he great is, job there. He's great. He's a new man. I'm so proud. I love me some Gary Busey. And he was not well. We got our hands on him in the first place. No, not at all. And that's a, I got an email from a guy who says, do you think Steven Adler's a lost cause? And will um, only quit because he's going to die from it. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why most people quit using drugs. They believe right. they're going to die. But Stephen had not, until we got our hands on him, had not had more than four days of sobriety since he was 11. And wow, wow. I, I still worry about him and pot. That's the main thing. Cause he, he sort of has his own, you know, crazy way. People think crazy about pot. Like, they, if they get on marijuana maintenance, I'll be fine. And, in fact, they do do well for a little while. But without exception, they go back, they escalate. And that's the nature of the condition. As long as you have a relationship with the addictive substance, the disease progresses. Now, what do you feel about people, that, uh, you know, the stance, because we were talking about the other week, they're saying legalize marijuana with all the stuff that's going on yeah. with the cartels. And Is it a gateway drug, in your opinion? It, it's not. The syndrome of marijuana addiction, here's the deal. Not everyone becomes a marijuana addict. It, it, it's a certain biological subset. And when they do, it's obvious. It's the, the first time they get high, which usually the third time they smoke it, third to fifth, they have this, this oh, my God, experience is the greatest thing ever. And that's all they can think about from that day going forward. Eventually, however, if you smoke every day, the ability to get high starts waning. You start getting irritable, depressed, kind of paranoid. The more so, people then smoke a lot more to try to get the high back, and that accelerates the depression. And that's when they switch to something else. Uh-huh. For some people, that's six months later. Some people, six years. Some people, thirty years later. So you'll know people. All of us know people who smoke pot for a long, long time and seem okay. But eventually, that house of cards fails. Should it be legal? It helps me help patients that it's not legal. But I, I hate the idea of there's being a good drug and a bad drug. Right, that's, that's ridiculous. True. Not only that, and not only that, but the fact that there's all this bizarre political energy around the drug makes it impossible to have a rational conversation about it. Yeah. So I'd almost rather just get on with it and legalize it. And yeah. See, that's it. how I feel about it. It's like the people yeah. who are going to do it are going to do it anyway. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I am not interested in bumming people's high. That is not my job. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> a my little job. bit. Come on. A little no, bit. <laughs> a, absolutely. Categorically not. My, my job is to help people stop that want to stop for which that. 
experience, Ty, is ruining their lives. Now, fame is, like you said, I saw you on Hannity, and I don't know what I was doing watching Hannity, but there what you What was were. I doing on I Hannity? I don't know. Right? I have no idea, but I'm watching you on there, and I'm thinking to myself, well, fame being as addictive as anything else, you had to be kicking yourself the second this book got printed that you didn't have the last chapter say, uh, effing Octomom. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I wish we Octomom didn't exist when we wrote this. Yeah, that's the same kind of thing. That, and, then, and one of the liabilities, of or two of the liabilities, really, of being narcissistic is what we talk about in the book, is people that crave fame are highly narcissistic. And by narcissistic, I mean they've had some early childhood trauma, and they feel a deep sense of emptiness and, and, and uh, self-loathing, and they fill that with the attention of other people. And two liabilities of being that way is, one, envy. You tend to act out envy on other people. Somebody mm-hmm. has something you don't have, you want to knock them down, and we hear a lot of that these days. True. And secondly, a deficiency of empathy, and uh, you can't appreciate what the other people's feelings are, and that's the Octomom situation. How can you possibly imagine that you could come close to being an adequate parent for 14 kids? It's not possible. It's just not. You there's no reality possibly, to her thoughts. Right. Yeah. You couldn't possibly have empathy for another human and say that. But you, And exactly, and as a person watching, I want to hate her, but then at the same time, I'm like, I just hope she's just got enough in her that she's smart enough to take all the help she I can think get. you ought to take this. You ought, you ought to take the test at the end of the book with great ease because you'll score low. With well, I, I do. I do fear, by the way. No, um, you'll do fine. No, Doctor Drew, I fear the book because I could become addicted to reading. And that oh, there you me. go. Well, I've got a new new program coming out to treat that. Do you have it on tape? Do you have a book on tape? <laughs> I actually I do have the but this book on tape. Oh, brilliant! I didn't read it for like five <laughs> days. It was oh, awful. Oh my god! And then for you, you can sit back. What do you mean it was awful? That's what you're asking everybody That's else to you do. Know, but <laughs> reading it out loud. Because <laughs> I'm going to cuddle up. Just picture this at night that I'm going to be under a blanket with a little iced tea, and just you're going to be reading to me. You got to hire Morgan Freeman. Have him do it. You yeah. can ask yourself. Yeah. yeah. All right. I got you right there, Doctor Drew. It's always fascinating to have you on. I wish we had more time, but they're I got hang one up. last oh, question. Go ahead, yeah. Knowing all the uh, uh, downsides and upsides of drugs and stuff, do you uh, partake? Do you drink? Do you? Yeah. What's I, your advice? Uh, my advice is work, really. I, I just get too into it. Yeah. I love work. Uh, I, That's I, a cop-out. you got to have one good one. No, I, I'll drink probably two to three glasses of wine a week. Uh, but I don't, the drugs don't do anything for me. They, I don't like how I feel. It's like it, it's, you got to like how it makes you feel. That's part of the genetics of it. I don't like it. I feel awful. Smoking, yeah. caffeine, something. Caffeine, caffeine. You're I'm a big caffeine freak? I'm in, yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. How many a day? What are you looking at, coffee? Oh, r- ridiculous. Soda? Co- both. Really? Ridic- okay. Ridic- right. Absurd. We're the same. Insane. All right, there you go. Dr. Drew, you're an educated version of me. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, man. We uh, we appreciate your time. All right, guys. Always cool. Dr. Drew, see you later, man. There you go, Dr. Good to Drew. Talk to me. It was <laughs> it's a little narcissistic. <laughs> yeah. right? I got yeah, there you go. It's great having me on the show, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, so you can get this Mirror Effect book, and uh, Dr. Drew's always interesting. He's always just got something going on. I don't know when he has time to write a book. I can't even write a letter. My mom's always on me. Write a letter to your grandmother. Would you please? She would enjoy that. I'm like, I get about halfway through it. I'm like, she's going to be so bored reading this. I want to take that test. All right, yeah. We, it's like a 10-page test. There's so much reading in oh. books. Is it true or false? No, it's basically basically the whole the whole test at the back of the thing to find out if you're narcissistic is uh, the choices. Like, question one is, I have a natural talent for influencing people. A, B, I am not good at influencing people. And then you just take one. Uh, I'd say A. A, modesty becomes me. B, I am essentially a modest person. But by saying you're modest, aren't you being egotistical? A little bit. On the one, that's, that's, 
You'll isn't analyze that, every question. Isn't that one of the traps yeah. of those type of yeah. tests and questions? They, well, they you're spin questioning, you. uh, oh, what's this? I'm going to go through the charts. But that's also one of those tests that asks the same question five different ways. Yeah. To see if you answer it You ever taken one of those same? personality tests for oh, a job? God. I failed one. Yeah. You did? They called it a personality test. And I'm you like, have no personality. <laughs> That's what I felt like when they called and said, I'm sorry, you failed our personality test. I'm like, am I that drab? Really? You can't work at the Buttes. No, they oh. just want to know what kind of, you know. You know what like they asked for, though? For selling or something like that. They asked five times on the thing, have you ever stolen something from work? <laughs> and I circled yes all five times. Now, be it the paper clips, right. uh, pens, paper, whatever. Right, you're being honest. Wallets, money, cars. Doesn't matter. Have you stolen something from work, big or small? The answer was yes. A couple of things were bigger than others, yes. But I still said yes. They didn't want honesty on that thing at all. Because I was forthright, very honest, and they're like, well, this guy's going to steal from us. So these tests are always there, double Pretty talking away, but they'll think, find out. Yeah. Though, I mean, like. If- yeah, I was going to steal from them. There's yeah. no doubt about yeah. it. I, said, I mean, I'm a thief. <laughs> when they asked me five times, and all five times, by the fifth time they asked, I circled yes. I'm like, my God, I've got an issue with, with stealing things from offices. <laughs> But everybody takes something from the office. You can't help it. I've got loads of coffee at home, Chuck. Just, I don't even drink it. I just take the coffee <laughs> so home. Toilet so paper. Yeah, toilet paper and coffee. Yeah, tons of it. Just I, I don't know what paper I'm going to do. Paper towels that I don't. I need to steal the dispenser next. Anyway, you want to get Dr. Drew's book. It's uh, He's always fascinating. I, I like talking to Dr. Drew. The Mirror Effect is the book, How Celebrity Narcissism is Seducing America. It's a fact. We are completely, more than ever, and Octomom's the perfect example of it, swarming to non-celebrities and making them famous. They have paparazzi around the Octomom. Joe the Plumber. She was at the mall. Joe the Plumber. He's got a job now. Yep. From that. Joe the Plumber now is all of a sudden that tells you how unqualified news people are. Joe the Plumber is now a news guy. How much training do you actually need? In, that's, that's proof that communications degrees are a joke 100% across that's, the board. Not completely true, Brady. You're just saying oh, that because you've got one. To be in front of the mic or the, but in the background, you need to learn that craft weeks. a little bit. Two weeks. Sure. It isn't a. It's a scam. The communications and business degrees too. To the most, to it the, teaches to the, you not to circle yes five times on stealing <laughs> stuff. Right? Is what it would teach you. College does teach you how to get around the suits. I failed their personality exam. Screw you. I'm loaded with personality. I took that guy's wallet. It's cool. It's 98KUPD. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.